Each week, we take a moment, sit down, and talk about things going on at the road in what we call the Road Detour. Well, welcome to the Road Detour, and uh, here with Matthew, we're going to talk about uh, some fun stuff, and then talk about what's coming this week in worship. So, yeah. Hey, who do you think is going to win this week in the Super Bowl? Who do I want to win? Who do I think is going to win? Yeah, I I listen to a lot of sports radio, Mm -hmm. and actually what I heard this morning going to the gym was that uh, Kansas City's not favored, that San Francisco's Mm. two-point favorite. That's crazy to me because I I feel like San Francisco— Interesting. I didn't know that. Kansas City would win, but I kind of I like Brock Purdy. And uh, who? Brock Purdy. (laughs) I said Brock Purdy. Purdy. Brock Purdy. And— and I w- I'd like to see mm. him do well. I'd like to see him win. I think yeah, uh, it'd be interesting. Yeah, so We're having he, some people he, over. You I guys having like, some um, people over, right? We do. We do. We have yeah. some, so we're, I'm excited. We, By the way, it's a great opportunity to invite your friends and your neighbors over uh, with some church people. Use it as yeah. an outreach opportunity. It's a great opportunity. Any leftovers that you have that's, that's good, bring them back to church on <laughs> Monday, right, and let us taste it to see if it will do a contest to see. Oh, that would have been a great contest. What? To have run is the best Super Bowl food. Food. Yeah. Do it in the lobby well, on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, how about this? What do you think is the best Super Bowl food? Why don't you put it in the comments below? Yeah. Do, what, you have comments, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, put it, kind of, put it in the comments. So are you doing anything special food-wise? So just to be real, any anytime we do anything as a family, our go-to is like Mexican food. It's easy. Our kids eat it. And so um, we'll do like easy tacos for my family, for the for the kids and stuff. But really, for the adults, we'll have like a seven layer dip. That's that's really so, kind of our go to. I am, uh, I'm gonna do some. I've done wings before, deep fried them. Hmm. I actually came up with a recipe, found a recipe on your smoker where they actually get crispy, and hmm. it's using uh, baking. Oh, is it baking powder, baking soda? It's one of the two. I'd have to. Yeah, I've the seen the bacon baking powder on or soda on them, and mm-hmm. and then you smoke them low for about forty five minutes, and then you crank that heat up and crisp that skin. So I'm going to do some smoked wings. I, I always get some good. good hot dogs. I love a smoked hot dog, man. An all meat beef. High-end hot dogs, so, not, not your 88 cents a pack hot dogs. No, I don't mind I don't tongs. mind that 88 cents a pack. What, don't give me a bull weenie. Don't do that. No. I can't be eating a bullet hot dog. Uh-uh. Chicken tongues. You know, they had, a, they had a chicken plant where I used to pastor, and they made the so, hot dogs. And listen, you don't know how they made them hot dogs. No, I don't want to know because I do love hot dogs. I will say this is that, you know, being from the country in North Carolina, we were around a lot of farmers, and so we experienced a lot of – random type of foods that as a kid that a lot of people don't eat today. Right. Right. Or have the stomach for. Yeah. So, Hey, that liver, liver mush. Liver mush. Yeah. I saw a different version of that actually come across my social liver media. Pudding. Yes. Yeah, it's not as good. Yeah. It was, uh, but they were talking about, you mm-hmm. know, basically throwing everything in a pot, yeah. cooking it down. Yeah. yeah. It's similar. It's, the difference is liver, liver mush actually has more cornmeal in it. Uh-huh. So if you like, so like when I eat cornbread, right, the, the out, if you put it in a black skillet, the, the bottom layer in that black skillet is, ends up being crispy, uh-huh. right? And so liver mush ends like up that. tasting, so like the, the edges of the liver mush ends up tasting like the outer edge of, you know, cornbread cornbread yeah. that's out of a skillet. So it's, I, I think it's incredible. I want to know if you're not in Matthew's family, <laughs> if you've ever heard of, first of all, liver mush or yeah. liver pudding. Pudding. Yeah. 
And if you have, if you ever tried it, he actually brought me some. It's not bad. It's not nearly as bad as it sounds. Uh, kind of so, tasted like sausage to me. Well, so that's kind of what it is. In some ways, it's you basically have all this leftover. Again, we I grew up poor, right? And so, like, you just did what you had to do to get by. And we didn't so, throw stuff away. Right, exactly. And so you take you take all these leftovers, you put them together. With basically, the reason you think it tastes like sausage, like the sausage spices. Yeah. And add cornmeal to it, right? And that's what comes out with this patty. It actually comes out like a like something that when you see like spam, and then you would slice it like spam, and then you would fry it in a pan or whatever. So we, it's we, really we good. We had head cheese, man. I like I actually do like head cheese. I do cheese. not want no head cheese. I watch my grandma put a hog head in a pot <laughs> and boil that thing, and it bouncing around in that pot and picking the meat off of it. I do not want no sauce, no head cheese. Uh, no. Sauce is good. You Have you ever Woo! had brains and eggs? No. I have people you're who eat them. You're not poor. You're not from the country. The last, Don't ever the say you're a country boy. The first church I pastored, they eat squirrel brains and eggs. Yeah, that's good. Squirrel brain. Mm-mm. No. What? You're not. Don't I'd ever say you're from the country I'd be up with something like chronic again. wasting disease or something. <laughs> 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 Somebody actually asked me the other day if I wanted to go squirrel and rabbit hunting. And I was like, man, it's been, honestly, it's been 30 years since I've done anything like that. So I don't even know. In my head, I still love all that stuff. But I don't know if I still would love it. Yeah, if I actually ate it today. So I, uh, I went rabbit hunting in Hebner, <laughs> and the guy said, "You want to go rabbit hunting with us?" And I'm like, "Sure." We shot rabbits growing up all the time, and he puts me in a jeep, and it had one of those leveling things on it, and we mm. run out of road, mm -hmm. and there was this creek, and we went down that creek, and I, and he said it won't turn over as long as that thing stays on this side of that bar. And we didn't, but it felt like we was. We got up there, we let the dogs out, they jump a rabbit, that rabbit runs by me, and boom. Everybody just stopped and looked at me. I was like, we're rabbit hunting. The guy put his arm around me. He said, come over here. <laughs> he said, we don't shoot the rabbit. He said, we so let the dogs dog. run yeah, the rabbit. Yeah. And then the second time the rabbit comes around, we shoot it. But we do not <laughs> shoot the rabbit as soon as we see the rabbit. I'm like, okay, okay, man. My hair, just enjoying it. With but did you eat it? With you. I, asked, I didn't. They did. I've eaten rabbit before. But, but you dog. eat like dove, other things? Yeah. Dove. Why wouldn't you eat rabbit? I would. I have oh. before. We didn't. I didn't eat we'll those see. rabbits. I'll yeah. bring you some. Yeah, rabbits not bad. So, where are we going with this, right? Yeah. Hey, well, welcome we started, to Wild Beast Feast yeah. 101. <laughs> so we were. We, and we initially started talking about the Super Bowl, and we got off on oh, liver mud, right? On all kind of stuff. Um, we love to chase rabbits, pun yeah. intended, right? But the um, so you think who's going to win? I'd like to see 49ers win. Yeah. For I, one reason, too. they're the underdog. Kansas City's won multiple, multiple times. Mahomes is right. really good. Purdy's just getting started. No, I you know, that's what I I guess for I'm pulling for the 49ers as well. I feel torn because I do have a lot of ties back to Missouri. And so I and so I, and Kansas City Chiefs have supported a lot of the things that and interests that I'm a part that I'm a part of. And so I want to pull for them, but they're kind of like this generation's Alabama, right? In the sense that they've won so much so recent. People just don't like them. And I'm finding myself in that category, and I hate that I am, actually. What do you think about the Kelsey Taylor Swift thing? Well, I mean— I'm glad I asked you that rather than you asking So me. I will say this is— All um, the Swifties out there listening, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I personally don't listen to Taylor Swift. My some my girls like some of Taylor Swift's songs. Mm -hmm. And so— I don't know. I don't know enough to talk about Taylor Swift. I just who you know, cares, right? 
Let them do their thing. I watched a thing the other day that said, like, she's actually been shown like a minute and a half total on like at, at, at these different games mm-hmm. and has already generated over like 35, 40 million dollars. That's the best thing that ever happened to NFL. So it, was, so it was, whether it was planned or unplanned, right? I don't care. It was, a, it was it's been good for the NFL. She brings an innocence to the game because she didn't know anything yeah. about it, man. I will say I don't love the NFL. I'd rather, I'm much more a college football fan. So mm-hmm. I really don't start watching the NFL till like, the AFC NFC championship game, and then I start watching. Well, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, man, we 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 have uh, gone all over the place with that. So you're preaching this Sunday, and you're preaching on after I say I do. Yeah, you know what? One of the things, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more about mine and Allison's story. Um, when Allison and I got married, how, how about this? This actually, this may be similar to you and Steph. When Allison and I got married, I was our pastor. Oh wow, yeah. So it's so guess who did our premarital counseling? Yeah, you get that. Yeah. Our, my our pastor, which was me. Yeah. And so here's what that translated for us is that I was an idiot. Like I just didn't know how to walk it's us through. It's bad when the idiots doing the counseling, right? right? No doubt. Yeah. So I didn't know how to I didn't really I was young in my life, still feel young at 45. Like I just didn't know how to best help us. I knew the things to talk with couples about. But I didn't necessarily know how to what to say to Allison. It's it, it. There were moments I felt like, am I telling you what I just want you to hear, mm-hmm. or am I being honest about what it is that we need to kind of walk through and be upfront about? We had talked about everything, like from the beginning, and that was something that helped us. Is that she lived in Oklahoma at the time, I lived in Nashville, and and I didn't know if I'd really ever see her. And so my philosophy was. Um, if this doesn't work out, I'll never meet her because I'm never going to go be in Oklahoma. <laughs> so, like, so we talked about a lot from the beginning, um, which helped us. We were on the same page with a lot of things. But as far as actually having premarital counseling, we didn't have that. Yeah. And it really, it put us back. So, you know, and I never thought about this because we didn't have official premarital counseling, but we, Steph and I both saw a counselor hmm. because of me coming out of uh, the yeah. grief process and confusion and some of the questions I had for her and wanting to make sure. So she saw a counselor and I had seen a counselor before I even met Steph and, and saw a counselor afterwards. But I think that helped us some too. Yeah. And it never even crossed my mind that you brought that up, how, how we approach that. No, that's really good. And we didn't have that. We didn't do that. Yeah. I mean, I had, I realized and saw the benefit of counseling in my personal life and I had gone to counseling in my life, but not like it was more like helping me with my my past junk, not necessarily how to best prepare for what's to come. So I'm going to say something. Uh, my first wife and I didn't, right? I was in seminary. We met seminary, get married. Didn't what? Didn't go do any counseling. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and then we ended up at a counselor. Hmm. And uh, because we were not prepared for the the stress, difficulty, three kids, all that yeah. stuff that come with it. And so we did. We ended up, you know, we didn't do it on the front end. Yeah. But we did it. Uh, just did it after we got married and we're ready to hurt each other. Yeah. Um, and and needed needed a solution, and we ended up in the counselor's office. You know, I, I hate that there's such a negative stigma when it comes to counseling. I really think everybody should always be in some form of counseling, whether it be with – doesn't have to be a licensed – Color the coach. Or, right, whatever right. it is. I just think we all need to consistently Mentor. have someone – that we give the opportunity to speak into our life. I'm going to talk about that a little bit on Sunday. Right. Um, 
but we just there we need to have intentional people that we give full access to our life outside of even our spouse right and and so that means we have to do a lot of work in who we allow to have that kind of right. access but you know i think for for Alice and i both over time, we've gone, I've gone to counseling since we've been married. I've been at churches that said, hey, you need counseling, and I've gone to counseling that way. We've been to counseling. And, and truly, the times that we've been that intentional to say, hey, let's figure out why we are where we are, what's going on. And when we've been, I'll say that vulnerable with one another to say, I, I need some bigger help has been the sweetest times in our, in our yeah. marriage. Yeah. Well, humility... As submission, all those things work for great relationships. And we're all naturally the opposite of that. You know, yeah. And I think you and I are a lot alike in, in a lot of ways, but but one of the things were I, I you know, as a young man, I thought I had all the answers. Yeah. And so I didn't need anybody to help me. And that's probably true for a lot of people who are reluctant. They mm-hmm. they think they already know what they need. And I didn't. Yeah. Uh not by a long shot, I didn't. Hey, you you were gonna you wanna talk about uh the the spiritually mismatch? Yeah, you know, so this has been interesting. You talked about it, was Sunday the first time we talked about it? Mm-hmm. My weeks and days run together, so I don't know when it is. But yeah. you, you've said something about spiritual mismatch. And what I have found since you said that, I've had at least 10 conversations mm-hmm. about people saying to me, hey, I feel like I'm spiritually, I'll ha- I'm married, I love my spouse, but we are spiritually missing. What do we do? Okay, so I'm, I, you know, hey, this is just we didn't rehearse this. No. <laughs> so most people are sexually mismatched. Would you agree? Tell me more. Well, that one desires high, one desires low. We're never at the same place. We yes. never. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. It's so. So marriage is about mismatch. Hmm. Once you're in, you don't go. Well, dead gum. Physically, we're a mismatch, or emotionally, we're a mismatch, or our love languages are a mismatch. Yeah, mismatch is not an excuse to end a relationship. So, time out. Yeah, when you're talking about, you know, think five love languages, right? Mm-hmm. So, I am physical touch and words of affirmation. Allison is not either one of those. Right? right? She's you're quality a mismatch. time. Right? Exactly. That's a great point. I yeah. like it. Yeah. So, so, so marriage is about a mismatch. Uh, it's that old saying, if, if both of you are exactly alike, one of you is not needed. Um, wow. But, but. Wow. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Is, is that, that opposites attract, but then after you marry, they repel. Is that what attracts, mm. you know, the, if you like the party animal, if you're the quiet person and you like the party animal, you think they'll bring some fun and joy to my life until all they ever want to do is party and not pay the bills. And you're like, you, you know, yeah. you never, you never grew yeah. up. Yeah. And so. Marriage wow. is the process of learning to deal with the mismatch. So if 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 one believer is more spiritually mature than the other believer, that's not an excuse. The mismatch matters most before you make the decision to marry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So, because once you're married, you're in. Yeah. So so if you can have that conversation as much as you can about whatever it is. That conversation of this is what my spiritual journey looks like, and this is where I believe God's taking me. Where is He taking you? Yeah. Uh, and then, then, then you make the decisions on the front end. If the mismatch is so far apart, I mean, and again, we're just being real. If you're sitting there and you're a single and you're you're talking about uh, your future together and you're super serious, and one person says, "I never want to have sex my whole life," yeah, and the other one's <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you get to make a decision. You're a free person at that point and go, is this yeah. how I want to spend the rest of my life or not? 
Yeah. Because we're we're too no. far apart on the mis- <laughs> on the mismatch, right? Yeah. Or if if it's whatever area it's in, whether it's wealth and it's a mismatch, one was rich, one was poor. Um, Wait, well, you can be coming from different backgrounds, cultural backgrounds is is from from a wealth, but I do think that there is. You're thinking about talking about that, um, thinking of it the perspective of the risk and that you're willing to take as it relates to money can be a big difference because when I was, I've always been more entrepreneurial in nature. And so I don't mind risking money. Mm-hmm. Allison has been very conservative. And, and so, you know, I'm willing to go bet the farm on something that may, may make sense to me, may not to her. And and so all of a sudden we can find ourselves on opposite, in, in opposite, opposite yeah. right? Yeah. And look, as big as all these other things are, that can be big enough in a marriage that people go, I can't live with you. Right. Our position would be, because this is where this is going, is what do you do when you're in a mismatch? Yeah. Well, you're in. From a biblical perspective, you're in. And part of growing up and being mature and, and growing even yeah. in Jesus is learning to deal with the mismatch. Yeah, you know, you said it on Sunday. I've actually heard, I think it was, a, I think I told you this, uh, I think it was Paul Tripp who mm-hmm. initially said, um, it was him who you married less, is God's yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know who... God has for your your life, look on your marriage certificate, right? So that's it's God's will. That's God's will because that's what it is at that time. And so I think that's what's, you know, I think people understand the concept. I think there's big picture concepts that people get fully. It's really about, I get that this is God's will, but what do I do now? How do I do it? How do I do this? How do I, how do I get on the same page? And we've talked before, it's, you know, a lot of compromise and things like that. But how do we compromise what we feel like is calling? Right. Yeah. So you're into it. Again, those are on the front end. And, and some of the places that we have seen our, our family struggle is uh, a couple is 10 years into marriage and one of them says, now I'm called. And the other one goes, yeah. but I didn't marry a pastor right. or oh, a minister yeah. or a missionary. And that, that has, that, that's tough. That's really tough. Oh, you know, again, I'm from, you guys know I'm from North Carolina. I know of at least four pastors in North Carolina right now who's pastoring that, um, they were married. They they felt a later call to life. They went into the ministry, and their wife straight up left them because they did not want to be a part of a pastor's lifestyle. Yeah, right. And and you know, and, and I've actually I remember having conversations about this with my parents because I have I'm I'm torn in this. Right, God called, and yet at the same time we we also would I think would would agree to believe that once we're married, we're now one. And if your wife isn't called, then you're not called. No, you, you, do you, I mean, right. if it's, I say God wants me to do this and my wife says no, then the answer is no. Right. Man, that's tough. I mean, I, I look, I would look for the compromise point. What does this look like if everybody gives something? Um, this, this is, I mean, I'm going to go back to the, you know, last week's message before I say I do. It's why this stuff's so important on the front yes, end, brother. Yes. Yes. Is that, that, yeah, we're sitting here and we can do this for a living and we're going, mm-hmm. what do you do? Mm-hmm. It, you do it before you get to that point. Now, I know God doesn't always work that yeah. way, is that sometimes the call doesn't come up to after that. But, but at that point, you got to believe if God calls somebody who's been married 10 years, that that mm. call probably would go both ways. Uh, somebody may not like it, mm-hmm. but but in the grace of well, God, that, that it would be extended to them. Yeah. Well, let me say this too, right? We, we had someone in our office not too long ago that was talking to us about their call and they found themselves in one area that they loved, but they felt called 
to preach the gospel, right? right? That was that was a the pressure. conversation, a right? Pressure. And so helping, and this goes back again, having the right people in your life to say, hey, let's help you discern that call, not just assume because you hear preach the gospel, you need to go now be a senior pastor at the local right. church. Let's figure out how you can preach the gospel in the area that you find yourself and how that lines up with your family. Right. And so again, again, I, I think, Yes, to the conversations. I mean, there's so many conversations that we need to have before we get married. And unfortunately, I think we normally just have, you know, I'll say sexual blinders on in the sense of like we are we are solely fo- guys, solely focused on physical some physical aspect. things mm-hmm. that that we forget some of the bigger con- conversations and questions that we need to be walking through as, as a couple. That, you know, I used to tell people when I, I did premarital counseling is look, the physical aspect of your relationship will be minuscule in relation to everything yeah. else in your relationship time-wise. And, and and so, yeah, hey, you want that part to be good, but you still got to live with somebody a oh, whole yeah. lot of time yeah. and, and share life with them. And so you want to make sure those things are possible. Man, and honestly, to kind of wrap up our time, sure. just this leads us into this week. It does. We're talking about several things. How do we do that, it? Yeah, how do we do that? We're talking about really... Two specific mindsets that if we will get these concepts, it will radically change the, the I'll say the spiritual environment and culture of our home, but also the, the, the third point, which is really about Jesus at this point, what Jesus can do among us if we're willing. I, I think to me, I, I'm really excited about this. I think this is the, maybe because I'm older and I've, I'm more experienced with my marriage now, 15 years in, I fully believe this is the best marriage message I've ever preached. Well, and I will tell them what I told you because I've seen the message is that I have never really seen someone make the principles, state the principles the way you stated them about who we are and why marriage is a struggle. Yeah, And I do, man, don't miss it. Plan to be there. Uh, bring somebody with you. I want to say one other thing because it dawned on me. We're, we're having this long conversation because you and I are like that. <laughs> we talk a lot to each other. Um if you've got something you'd like to see us address on the road detour, yeah, uh, message. Don't just drop it in the comments. Send a message, and uh, we'll put it on the agenda and see if we uh, if we can have some conversation about it that would be helpful. Yeah, and uh, we'd enjoy that. That 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 would be good for us. I love to hear where you're at. I love kicking this stuff around. Look, you know, we know you guys want practical tips and advice on how to live out the gospel in your life. Here's the reality. We need practical tips and advice. So just being able to have a conversation, it really is iron sharpening iron. We're just getting to walk through stuff sometimes for the first time that we've ever talked about it right. like today. But not only is it, I, I do hope it's beneficial for you all, but it's always so beneficial for me to get to sit down and just talk practically with you about how to live out the gospel in my life. So well, I really and appreciate I love this. this time. Yeah, I, lo- I love the detour, but I love the... I mean, it's kind of the spirit and atmosphere of our staff and our offices that we get to deal with stuff and help each other. And yeah, this yeah. is good. Hey, you know what? One thing to remember, I said it on Sunday, I'll say it again. We are all a work in process. None of us have arrived in how we do marriage. And wherever you are, just remind yourself, remember to be gracious. God is not done with you. God is not done with your marriage. And truly, I believe the gospel declares the message yet to come. I would agree. Love you guys. See you Sunday. 